Hey, Lexi, what do you eat for breakfast most days? Well, lately I've actually been experimenting with intermittent fasting, but for sure that's not for everyone, so I want to definitely know that. Otherwise, I normally do like over easy eggs or scrambled eggs with avocado and whatever veggies I have in the fridge. What's your go-to snack? My go-to snack, I'm not a huge snacker to be honest, I try to really fill up on my meals, but when I do need a snack, I'll like do... I'll just like whip up a quick guacamole with some like almond flour crackers or veggies, something like that. What's your favorite takeout food? Sushi, hands down. Excluding spices and oils, what are your top three pantry ingredients? This is so hard to pick just three. Coconut aminos, which is like a soy sauce alternative. I use that all the time and not just in like Asian style dishes. Garlic, even though like fresh garlic, even though that's like sort of a pantry. I don't know, really. And then, this is hard for pantry. I want to say lemon, but I'll give you a pantry one. I always have canned tomatoes or like Rayo's like tomato sauce, like marinara sauce, because that's like for just, I always have it on hand for like a quick go-to dinner. Oh yeah, I love it too, Rao. So good. Any kitchen gadgets you can't live without? Oh, yes. Can I pick a few? My chef's knives, obviously, really good pots and pans, and then my Instant Pot. Oh, and my high-speed blender, like my Vitamix. Hey, Tedra. Hey, Jade. So today we're chatting with Lexi Davidson from Lexi's Clean Kitchen. Lexi's story as a recipe developer and blogger happened rather organically. After feeling sick and unhealthy for a period of time, she decided to adjust her diet by removing foods like gluten, grains, and dairy, and it totally transformed her. She started Lexi's Clean Kitchen in May of 2013, and it quickly went from being a hobby to her full-time career. She loves creating recipes that promote a healthy lifestyle, and she receives great purpose in her life, sharing all she's learned, especially when it helps someone else find healing in their body. In today's episode, we chat about all of this, plus how her cookbook came to be, and then it takes a team to build a widely popular health blog such as hers. Listen in and enjoy. You're listening to We Get to Know Podcast, and for years, we've all been following some of the most inspiring creatives, innovators, social media influencers, and bloggers. Simply put, we are inspired. The next best thing to following our favorite people is hearing their stories straight from them. So listen in as we get to know Lexi. Hi, Lexi. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Okay, so I just want to touch on one thing you just said. So you were talking about coconut aminos and how you use them in more than just Asian-inspired dishes. How do you use them? Because I know about those, but I'm not sure how else I would use them. Yeah, sometimes I'll like throw, if I taste a soup, if I'm like, for example, if I'm recipe testing, I'm like, this just needs something. And it needs a little more than just like, like a little more salt or it needs just like a little more flavor i'll throw in a little coconut aminos or sometimes fish sauce but just like an umami kind of flavor but it just kind of gives it a little more than just like the salt and just you know aside from just loading up spices so i often find myself just like putting in a dash or two in random random soups and things like that oh, that makes sense yeah Almost like brightening it up. Well, you said the umami flavor, but also like, you know, you put like a little dash of fresh lemon or something at the end. It just totally. Yes. Like sometimes I'm like, this needs something, but I don't know what. And if it's not like citrusy, I'm like, I'll just put in a dash of coconut aminos. And it kind of always does the Sure. Okay. That inspires me to try that. Okay. So let's get into your background a little bit. Tell me where did you grow up and a little bit about your family? 
Yeah, I grew up in Long Island, New York. I have a older brother. He's six years older than me. He's like my best friend in the whole world. And yeah, I mean, I had a pretty, I had a pretty nice childhood. Not too much to complain. My parents were divorced, but that's another story for another time. Um, but yeah, it was a nice place to grow up, and nothing, nothing too, nothing too crazy about that. Were you and your brother always super close? Yeah, I think because he's six years older, there's no like. There was none of that, like, this, you know? It's like, he was so much older that, like, I was like, I wanted to hang out with him and his friends, but other than that, we weren't, like, competing. Like, you know, when he, we, we weren't, like, fighting for attention or anything like that, you know, because we were in just such different places. So it was kind of really nice. And then what about, like, did you go, like, into Manhattan a lot when you were young? Or did you, was that, did it seem sort of like a world away? Or what was that like? Um, A little bit. I mean, we would go in for, like, shows or random dinners or, like special events, but it's like a, I guess it's like a 45 minute Long Island Railroad train ride or Mm -hmm. like driving in can be a pain, especially with traffic in New York. So like we would go in here and there, but more like special occasions, not like, you know, like for Christmas, we would go to like the tree or something like that. But we definitely didn't go in like every week or that type of thing. Okay. So then you're married to, I'm sure a nice young man, Mike. How did y'all meet? We met, I, I am, we met in college, so we're definitely different people than we are now. So we both went to UMass Amherst, and so that's kind of what brought me to the Massachusetts area now. So we met in college towards the end, and we started dating, Then I went back to New York for graduate school, and he had one more year left in the engineering program at UMass. So then after that, we were deciding where we wanted to live, and we ended up here in the Boston area. So how do you like the Boston area compared to New York? I like it. I mean, we live in a suburb right outside the city. And so it's kind of similar to kind of any suburb, I guess. I mean, I go back to New York a lot because my family's still there. But I really like it here. Mike's family's close by. It's such a nice city. It's like much smaller and cleaner and just feels kind of less overwhelming than New York. But I do love New York. There's nothing like it. So you were in school in Boston. And what were you studying? I studied painting, digital media, and art history. And oh, I was, interesting. Yeah, I was an elementary school art teacher before I was blogging full-time. So totally different. I mean, art in the sense now of being, like, being creative and food photography, but definitely different art than I was doing and teaching. So when you were majoring or studying those things in college, did you know you wanted to be a teacher? Kind of. I mean, I always knew I loved kids and like would love to teach, but I was, wasn't sure. So in college I did like three graphic design internships and branding internships before I realized that like I didn't want to do that as my career. It was just too, I don't know. It just wasn't what I wanted to do, even though now a lot of my job is graphic designing, which is funny. Then I basically was like, you know what? I love kids. I love teaching. And that's, that's the path it took me. It would be now. fun to do art program with kids. Oh, I mean, who doesn't love art class? It's like, well, especially okay. when it has, like, all the different things they're doing and all the testing, it's like such a nice break for them. So you're teaching for, how long did you end up teaching for? I taught for, wait, it was three or four years, three or four years, one of those. <laughs> and then how did you end up being a blogger? Yeah, so while I was teaching, it was in 2013, I had like all these crazy stomach issues that were going on for a a while, but it got to a point in 2013 where I was like, I need to make a change in my lifestyle because 
something's going on here. So before I sought out any doctors or anything like that, I decided I was going to just eliminate foods that I knew could cause inflammation in the body. And people are always like, how'd you know? I'm like, I, I don't know. I must have like Googled it or had a conversation with a friend and they were like, well, you know, and I was like, you know what? One day I woke up and I was like, I can't take this anymore. I felt so sick all the time. I was like, just, it felt horrible and I can get into the TMI stuff if you if you want me to. But I said to my husband, I'm like, I am cut well, boyfriend then now husband. I was like, I'm gonna cut out gluten and dairy and see how I feel. And he was like, Yeah, right. Are you gonna be able to not reach for the bread basket at dinner? I was like, No, I need to try something. I'm just gonna try it. So I cut out gluten and this is the long version by the way. I cut out gluten and dairy and like pretty quickly I started noticing a difference, but definitely not hundred percent or anything like that. So then I cut out grains refined sugar, soy, and just kind of did a little bit of an elimination diet experiment. And I started to really heal whatever was going on in my body through food, which was like amazing. But then I was like, but what was going on, right? So I then sought out functional medicine doctors and other people and found out that I have like candida, which is a bacterial overgrowth. And then HFRG mutation and just some random other things that I needed like a drop more help with. So I always say that like food changed my life and I so believe in the power of food. And it definitely got me like 90% there and then I just needed a little more help with supplements and, you know, just medical professionals. But so, okay, that's the intro to my, to your question. So then... Um, in 2013, so it was in January, I decided to cut that stuff out. And I was like, I'm going to start an Instagram account because then there weren't like a million resources where you could find good recipes. So I was like, I'm cooking this way because I still want to eat bread and pizza and all that stuff. I was just kind of figuring it out. And I was like, I'm just going to start an Instagram account. And it was not a business decision. It was like Alexis 916. And it was really bad iPhone 3 photos with the recipes like written right there. And I was like, maybe it'll help someone, like, you know, whatever. I'm just going to post what I'm making. And hundreds of people were following me, like, every day and every week, and it was, like, shocking. And they would be like, do you have a place where we could find all of your recipes? And I was like, no, they're all on my Instagram, you know. This it was just, I didn't even think about it. And then in June of 2013, I was like, you know what, let me take this more seriously. And I made a website for people to find all the recipes on and just random other content that I was sharing and it kind of just took off in a crazy way. And then a few years later, or this a year and a half, two years later, I was thinking about leaving teaching. I love teaching so much, but I was spread so thin and I, you know, Alexis can get was a full-time job at that point. So I have two full-time jobs. Well, I was going to, yeah, I was going to ask you. So when you first started your Instagram, it, well, one thing I think is kind of amazing is that like, so in 2013, Instagram was, pretty new, right? Like a year old or something. So you start gaining followers from people that you don't know. Well, you mentioned this, you're like, it was bad. You're like, my photos were bad. Like, you know, I was just putting up whatever your meal was. And now thinking about like what it takes to like sort of succeed and gain followership on Instagram. I just like that it's come such a long way to where like, really, I don't even know if someone starting out today could just get away with just doing snapshots like I mean I think the fact that you got in early probably played a really big role of being able to like you grew with the industry you probably were like one of the people like maybe even leading the charge in some ways from you know 2013 but honestly I miss the old Instagram it's so it stinks like and now it's like if you post 
at noon. It's no one's going to see it. Or, you know, you have to post at certain times and it has to be all curated. And it's like, oh, it takes the real life and the fun out of it. But it's like this algorithm and it just stinks. And like then it was so funny. I was I would share literally like the ugliest part. I, I don't even know how. I wish I could just like push a button and go back to my first post because you would crack up. They are so bad and they probably got more likes than my photos do now. But it shows like that people were craving that, right? They wanted that information. Um, I notice now though, like when I do post a photo that isn't perfect, people really resonate with it more, even though I'm like, oh, it's not as pretty because it's like real life. It's like, no, my dinner does not look so beautiful all the time, you know? So it's this balance of fighting with social media algorithms (laughs) to do what they want, you know? So it sounds like it all sort of happened organically. You're, yeah. you know, posting, people are asking for more. So you decided to start a blog yeah. or posting them on the internet. How did you start your blog in the first place? Did you sort of know what to do? Yeah. I mean, where did you sort of like start? Oh my gosh, it's so funny. So I started, I started my blog on WordPress.com, which is the free version because I was like, I'm not spending money, which was a mistake. So if you're looking to start a blog, just invest a little bit in the beginning because then I had to switch everything over when it was time to do ads and get more plugins that you couldn't have on the free one or whatever. So I just like built it. Like I spent hours. It was so bad. And one day my now friend Jim and he runs the whole show behind Lexi's Clean Kitchen tech wise. He, I didn't know him and he reached out to me. He's like, don't take this the wrong way, but your website kind of sucks. He said a nice on that. And me and my wife, we love, like, you know, you've, we've been cooking from your website and it's really helped us and blah, blah, blah. And I would love to get back to you and help you make your site better. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. That's <laughs> incredible. I know. And it was just, and it's, you know, sparked this friendship and this business relationship. And I got so lucky because, you know, he was like, don't take it the wrong way. I'm like, oh, I'm not. I know it's bad. <laughs> So, well, okay. So that's interesting. So you sort of threw something up there and then he sort of took it from there. And I mean, I guess he was doing the back end or yeah, you're saying he, he is doing it now? He still is. Um, yeah. I mean, I think in hindsight, at some point as I was growing, I would have obviously brought on people to make it better and hired yeah. people. But I just, he reached out to me early on and I was like, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> So you're teaching and you're starting your blog and then what is sort of goes, what, like what transpires from there? I mean, is it become full-time job and then you have to make a decision or what happened? Yeah, it was like every night, every morning on the weekends, my husband would be like, what are you doing? And I well, want to hang out. Like, let's do this. And I was like, I have to work. Like I have to shoot in the, on the weekends because that's when the natural light is. I have to get up early and, you know, make sure my stuff is posted and I have to at night, like get stuff ready for client work in the upcoming few days. And it was just like nonstop. And it got to a point where I was like, I don't know how I'm doing that. Like I was spread so thin. So, you know, it got to a point financially where I was like, okay, I can kind of, I think I can make this work. Uh, You know, it was obviously super scary. I'm like somebody who really likes a plan and I was on my plan and I had my teaching thing going. And obviously I did not go into teaching for money or anything like that. So I was like, oh boy, like, am I going to take this leap? And we were having conversations about it. And then my book deal kind of came about. And that was like my big sign to be like, okay, let's give this a try. Like, let's just do it. So before the book deal, before we talk about that, were you already 
like monetizing your blog? Had that started? Not in the way it is now. I mean, now there's like the ad networks that go in and do everything for you. So I had like some like Google ad. I I think at that point I did. I had just maybe put up ads and I had a few clients. So my first client was American Express. and I was doing like a weekly healthy food Friday series with them for their Tumblr, actually, which is really funny. It was on my website and I lived on their Tumblr, which I really thought Tumblr was going to be a big one, but. (laughs) So, yeah, so I was definitely, it got to a point where I was like working with clients that I was really excited about. And I was like, and I had some ads going on and I had some, you know, Amazon affiliate things happening. And it definitely grew to a point where I was like, okay, I can, I can go in that direction and give it a shot and see what happens. So that's pretty risky. I mean, I can imagine like in the beginning, maybe it wasn't the same as your teaching salary, but I mean pretty risky to take that move, I think. Yeah, I, I didn't leave until I was kind of out where I was teaching, but keep in mind like benefits and, you know, yeah. student loans. And I was in a uh, loan forgiveness program and, you know, cause I was in public service and all that kind of stuff. So all of that was like the, oh crap, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely, it was more calculated cause I didn't leave until I was financially like, secure in a way. And I was lucky I had support from my husband who was like, give it a shot. So I was lucky to have him. Hey guys, we're going to pause for a minute to tell you about one of our partners. Anyone interested in 30% off the best vitamins? We know health and nutrition is important to everyone. One thing that goes hand in hand with our health is supplemental care. We've partnered with Dr. C Vitamins to offer you a 30% discount off their premium pharmaceutical grade and medically endorsed line of supplements. All vitamins are not created equal. In fact, there is no FDA oversight for supplements. Unlike over-the-counter vitamins, Dr. C supplements are manufactured without commonly found synthetic ingredients. I mean, you guys, who wants synthetics going into our bodies? They're also non-GMO and gluten-free. Their standards are so high, these vitamins are actually manufactured just like a prescription drug would be in an FDA-registered facility. Most vitamins do not subject themselves to this level of oversight. People are always asking if we take these personally, and we do. I take the D3K2 combo to support bone health, memory, mood, and immune support, and their collagen biotin that supports strong hair, nails, and skin. And then when I'm having those nights where I'm having a hard time falling asleep and unwinding, I take the melatonin B6 combo, and it really helps me gently fall asleep naturally. So give them a try, you guys. Go to drccares.com, use our code WEGETTONOW, and save 30% on your next order. Now enjoy the rest of the interview. Let's move forward now. How old is your blog? I guess from what, five 20, years, six years? Yes. Or four years? It was just five years. Or, see, I'm not a math teacher. Five years. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what has happened since you started? Like, what's the biggest thing that's changed? And, like, I guess tell the story of like how your blog has grown. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a crazy journey. Aside from, as we mentioned, like, how social media has evolved and changed. I mean, there was no Instagram, uh, well, Instagram, I mean, there was no like Instagram stories and swipe ups and things like that then. But so, so I started, right. My, my site was pretty shanty. It was made by me and then it grew and it got more professional and developed. And, you know, and then we kind of listened to what the readers were saying and wanted and making changes, you know, like search functions and all that kind of, so like, kind of techie stuff and then grew in terms of partnerships and traffic and 
Google and, you know, making some of my best friends who are like bloggers, I always describe it as kind of like coworkers, but we all have our own businesses. So we are like, it's such a supportive and awesome community. So making, you know, going on blogging retreats and hosting them and going to conferences and kind of building like coworkers and friendships from there. And then in terms of blog growth, just, you know, traffic and social media and keeping up with times, you know, there was no video and tasty style videos weren't a thing then. And they're like, okay, this is something I have to get on board and give it a shot and try because Google likes it and people like it and I like them, you know? So really just, it's really changed in the sense or grown in the sense of keeping up with the times, listening to what people want and that kind of thing. Now you just used a word tasty video. What is that? You know, like those one minute overhead style. I like tasty style. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to ask you about those. I call them tasty style just because I don't know why people call them that. They just do. But it's like those one minute overheads that I'm not personally in. Like my face isn't it. Yeah. So on the tasty videos, like how long does it take you to put one of those together? So I did them myself for a year and my videos were really bad. So now I outsource and I have a girl on my team who does them. So I do one a week. And so that's something we could also talk about at some point. So now I have a team of people that work with me and I have someone that works with me in the kitchen a few days a week. I have someone who manages Pinterest and Facebook growth and video and all okay. that. I'm going to tell you something. It's interesting that you're saying that someone else does those because the in my research, I was sort of going along that, and you know, like you can tell a lot by someone's hands. And I was like, oh, she's a little older than I thought maybe she was because the person in the video, their hands were like, I mean, I'm not saying they're old looking hands or not. They're very nice hands. But you know, you could tell like someone's like maybe in their 20s or 30s or 40s based on their hands. And I noticed that and I kept looking at you, your photo and thinking, I don't know if those hands match up with that face. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because so when I say like that other people work with me, it's like I'm still overseeing and doing everything, but yeah, of course. Help. So I'm not saying they're just solely doing it, but yeah, all my friends, because if you know me, I'm very petite. And that's one of my fun facts, but I won't tell you that until later, but my nails are always painted and I have really small hands. So I'm like, my nails aren't like crazy long, but you know, they're like, Oh, they're like, whatever. So all my friends or brother or people will be like, those are not your hands in that video. I'm like, I know they're not. <laughs> <Or> something were. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think when anyone that's really like taking off and having a really successful blog, it takes a team. I mean, from everyone we talk to, it's just, it's a lot of work. And, the, and you always think like, do the people who are just consumers of it, do they realize like what amount of, like how much work and how much, effort goes into like all of it, you know? Honestly, I don't think so because sometimes I get some snarky emails and then I respond obviously because they come to my inbox and people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't think you were going to write back. And it's like, I am a human behind this. You know what I mean? Like, so, and it's, so it's just kind of funny because I think people don't realize, and I try to say, like, I always do like, I'll, I'll do like blogging Q and A's on Instagram stories. And I always talk about the team and all the people that I have helping me run the show because it, you know, I used to do it all myself and it was, so it got to like, you know, and talking about balance and things like that. I made a decision, I guess a year and a half, two years ago that I was going to, you know, I was going to bring on some people to help me out so I can make it like, you know, the best it can be without spreading myself so thin and, you know, having a little work-life balance. So yeah, the videos are not my hands, but they're my recipes. (laughs) which is kind of nice actually because there's been another layer of testing that happens which is kind of cool 
Yeah. Well, they're great. I mean, they're just resourceful. And I love those little tasty videos now that I know what to call them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and some people are like, I learned to cook from those. And then I also do the cooking videos where I'm in them cooking. And we have a video crew that comes to the house and shoots those. So those are fun. And people really see me in the kitchen and they see my real hands <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So are you interested or open about talking about like, like the cost of that? Like that, I feel like must be sort of expensive to have a crew come in and shoot it professionally and, you know, have it edited. I work with a company that kind of um, takes the lead and like deals with all that. But in terms of like all, like my team, like, like, you know, we have, so there's Nicole, there's Kelly, there's Britta, there's Lori, there's Jim who does all the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, there's a lot of people that are on payroll, payroll, if you will. I mean, it's um, a lot of contract work so it's like 10 guys but um mm-hmm. yeah there's it's it's for sure an operation that needs to get paid every month you know and people that are relying yeah. on me for their mortgage or whatever it may be you know I mean do you ever feel pressure to like I mean I'm sure your page views are nice and healthy but just like to keep keep those page views up and I mean I just think because you're so well established that must be a little pressure on that you know keeping it everything fresh yeah for sure I mean as things changes and you're like oh my gosh SEO I have to do this I have to do this and when you talk to other people it's easy to you know do the comparison game where you're like oh this person's doing that I have to be doing that but at the end of the day I always try to bring it back and it's like I started this because I wanted to help people and it wasn't about the money that obviously I need to make money now since this is my full-time job and I have bills to pay and people to pay and all that but Like with that, like I turn down so much work that doesn't fit because I will not like, I won't, I hate to say sell out, but I'm not going to take on a client that just my audience. Well, you're staying authentic to who you are, which is, I was just going to say like, at the end of the day, I think like we were mentioning the comparison game, if you, uh, that would be really like tricky to like stay away from, you know, because, but at the end of the day, like you grew and gained like every single person in your community because of who you are, you know, I mean, that's, and what kind of food you're producing and what kind of content you're producing. So yeah, just positively stay doing. No, and of course, I mean, at the end of the day, I want it to grow, but I want it to grow so that way it reaches more people. So more people find it and have access to it. Sometimes I do a poll and people are like, I want this recipe and this. I'm like, I have those. You just don't see them all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're in luck. (laughs) Go here. Yeah. I'm like, gosh, how you're not seeing it. How do I get more people to see it? So there's always that game going on. So for sure there's a little pressure, but you just have to bring it back to, you know, why you started it and doing the best you can and just, you know. That's great. Okay, so you mentioned going to conferences and retreats, and I'm not sure if you still do that or if that was something you did or did in the years past, but, like, what happens at, like, a blogger's conference? And are there a bunch of them all over the country, and how do you choose which ones you're going to and all that? Yeah, so conferences are different than retreats. Conferences, there's, like, the Everything Food Conference. There's conferences that are hosted by the ad networks now and they're great. I mean, some of them have different vendors. Some of them have keynote, a lot of them have keynote speakers and different speakers. So it's just, you know, kind of seeing what your friends are going to, which would be most valuable to you, obviously like location and time and all that goes into factor if you're flying and traveling. So conferences can be really beneficial and networking and all that. Blogger retreats are a little different. They're generally smaller. Some are more casual where you're, you know, there's just a bunch of you and you're 
doing really fun things and eating at cool places and then you're organically having conversations like, oh, hey, what are you doing for video? Or, hey, who are you working with on XYZ? Or how are you growing your Instagram or whatnot? And then some are more like round robin types where you're sitting around and you're like, okay, everyone's going to share something that they're doing or something they're struggling with and how and kind of figuring out how we can help each other. So those are so much fun. I mean, it's nice that everyone's willing to sort of share and collaborate with what it's working for them. Totally, yeah. Like we have some big changes coming to Lexi's Clean Kitchen that I can't quite share yet, but and all of those changes came from my blogger friends who are like, You should do this, you need to do this. And like and they're just so giving and it's just so inspiring and so nice to be in a community of people like that. Yeah, I love when they're not making it competitive. You know, they're willing to share. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely that, but I try to stay out of that competitive yeah. world. Yeah. Or like the people who are not nice. Okay, so let's talk about your cookbook then. Tell me, like, when did that develop? Did you? Were, I think you were saying, did that happen like when you were just transitioning from being a teacher, or when? When was that time frame? Yeah, I left teaching and started writing my cookbook and blogging full time at the exact same time. So Oy. it was horrible. And looking back, I wish I gave myself a year to like get in the groove of working from home and for myself and doing that whole thing before I dove into the book because I had no work-life balance. Well, how did like that come literally... about? So the book deal, I have a literary agent and it just kind of was a discussion for a while and then it just kind of took off and happened and we got you know a publisher on board that we were excited about and all that kind of stuff. So I decided to leave when that was like signed, sealed, and delivered type of thing and then started working right on the cookbook and blogging full-time. So it was like, craziness so in hindsight I would have done things a little different but I like I'm so happy that two years later people are still loving the book and cooking from it and buying from it and using it as a resource that they can really like you know it's really helpful and easy to follow and has guides and has just it's practical it's not super crazy and elaborate where it's unrealistic so it really makes me happy that after two years it's still going strong Okay, so you mentioned earlier that you do recipe testing for things that you're going to put out. How, what is that process like? And how did you ever learn to cook in the first place, I guess? I've always loved cooking, but it wasn't always healthy. Um, like even growing up, like I would like love to be in the kitchen and cook dinner or help cook dinner and all that kind of stuff. So, and my grandfather owned a famous bakery in Brooklyn. And so not to say that I'm like an all-star baker by any means, but and it was not gluten-free or anything like that. But so I think that's just kind of always been a part of me and a passion. But then when I started, you know, I started cooking this way and developing recipes that were, you know, the way I had to eat, I started getting like really, I hate to say really good because that sounds kind of cocky, but I figured out, I'm like, okay, well, if I combine these two, that's like pretty much a winner, you know, like for texture or like things like that when it came to baking or whatnot. So it got to a point where I, you know, now I'm like, all right, that spice would go well in here. And I kind of had it figured out. But in terms of recipe development, so we use Asana for our content calendar. It's like a app slash online calendar. What's it called? Asana, A-S-A-N-A. Oh, I've never heard of that. Awesome. I love it. And so we are working roughly at least two months out and we brainstorm and then we decide what we're going to make and we, you know, 
we we figure out what you know would be good for that month and then we just start testing and we test and test and test until it's perfect sometimes we get it right on the second try sometimes it takes eight tries and you're like oh my gosh if i eat cornbread one more time i'm gonna <laughs> I'll eat this bad batch of brownies one more time i'm gonna lose it but you know we test until we think it's perfect enough i hate to say the word perfect but until we think the quality is just right for our audience and to put up. I mean, that's important because then people can trust your recipes. You know, a lot of people like, okay, so there's a really famous entertainer cookbook person. I know of that. A lot of my early complaints is I would try some of the recipes out of the cookbooks and they weren't any good. Like they clearly had not been tested. So I think, you know, being able to like trust that you're doing that testing and work for us and putting out a product that we can trust is going to be delicious. Yeah, totally. I'm always surprised when people are just like putting something up one time because then I'm like, oh, I should test that with a different rice or a different gluten-free pasta or, you know, just test it one more time to make sure the spices are right. You know, it's just, you never, sometimes you test things, you're like, that was amazing. But then you're like, what if it's not amazing the next time? Definitely easier with like savory dinners than baking. Baking we're testing many, 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 many times. Yeah, that makes sense. You got to get all those things perfect, all the ingredients. So, Chi, come on in and hop in and join the conversation. Hey, yeah. So, I'm curious if you have any favorites, like over the years, do people like the most viewed, most made recipes? Tell us about them. Oh my gosh, I have a few. My sriracha lime chopped chicken salad has been like trending and viral for years. It's super simple, but everyone just loves it so much. My everything bagel cauliflower rolls, which I made years and years ago. And they, so this is like before the cauliflower trend is like a thing. And so those have like always been kind of trending. In 2018, my most popular post slash recipe slash tutorial is my lettuce wrap sandwiches. Those are like going crazy this year. So those are a few that are just always, always going strong as of lately. Yeah, there are some more, but those are a few that are really good and people love them. You talked a lot on here about your work-life balance and just figuring it out and the struggle over the years. So tell us, like, do you have any tips? I mean, for somebody listening who's maybe like in the grind of trying to figure that out, some things that have worked for you? So, yeah, I mean, let me start by saying I definitely don't have it all figured out. In my, like, perfect day, I wake up and I meditate and I have my coffee without looking at my phone or my email (laughs) And 90% of the time that doesn't happen, but I I try and I wind down at night and I I definitely do more. But in terms of work-life balance, I think one, if you have a partner or someone that you live with or are with, you really have to communicate with them and see how they're feeling. Because like once in a while, my husband will be like, okay, enough with the work right now. And I'm like, okay, time to shut down the computer. Because, you know, when it's a hobby that becomes a job, it's like, it's also, it's like, it doesn't feel like work. And it's like, you love it so much that it's like. Yeah, you catch yourself like going to midnight and having no decompression or human time. It's like. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, tips though, it's like set a little bit of a schedule. Like stop. Maybe it's when your husband or partner gets home from work or at a certain time and just shut off. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean, you know, I don't check in on Instagram or something at night (laughs) or whatever, but because that would be a total lie if I said that. But, you know, shutting off and being like, nope, I'm not going to respond to emails after 
like 6 p.m. or something, you know, just like kind of setting some ground rules for yourself that will make you feel good. Like, so maybe it's, you're going to get up in the morning and exercise, or maybe you're going to get up in the morning and have simply as this, like have coffee without a cell phone near you. You know, it's just like that. It's like, it's the most simple thing, but if you really, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, it's like, how many days do we really do that? I mean, in all honesty. (laughs) Well, and you want to hear something crazy, you know, like how Facebook like kicked everyone off like a few weeks ago Uh or whatever. So I, my password is like a bajillion characters. Like I don't even know it because I'm like terrified of someone hacking me. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to log. I log into my business manager, but I'm not going to log into my personal Facebook. Right. I'm like, um, I don't need it on my phone for now. Like, let's just see. And the amount of times I just mindlessly open Facebook and keep in mind, this is not my business page. Like I have access to that on my phone. Because I have separate, like, a business manager. The amount of times I click, it's stupid, Facebook app to mindlessly do nothing, to realize, okay, I'm not logged in. I have to X out, you know. It's crazy. It's so addictive. And even the people who design the apps don't use them or don't let their families use them because they design them to be addictive. Oh, my gosh. It's just, yes. You're really speaking I know. And it's like, oh, there's, now it's, like, the new update. It's, like, it will tell you how many hours you spent on Instagram. I'm I like, I don't oh. want to know. I do not want to know. I literally don't want to know. <laughs> I know. Oh, I God. caught myself the other day, like getting on my phone. And I think my purpose of getting on the phone was to to get a picture shared on a shared photo stream with my family of my kids. But I caught myself mindlessly opening Instagram. And I thought about that, like, what a- it's like I can't even go to the thing that I wanted to do because my brain goes right to the Instagram thing. It's like, stop it. It's And like, honestly, when I don't, like when I catch myself, I'm so much more productive in the day because I'm like, okay, well, why was I just sitting on Facebook saying happy birthday to 75 people (laughs) and like looking at somebody from high school's photos of their baby? I'm like, what what am I doing? Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. So it's like, I guess... So for those tips, it's like figure out what is not working and just make little steps. It doesn't have to be crazy. Like don't set a bajillion goals that are going to be unrealistic. Keep it realistic. Like, okay, I'm going to drink more water today or I'm going to delete the Facebook app for a few days and see how if I I can do it. I like what you said, just check in with your partner, a loved one, like, Hey, you know, give them the freedom to tell you when it's just too much, you know. <laughs> well, because especially, I mean, my husband's not on social media. He's like not all, he's mm-hmm. not about that life. So he is sometimes like, put your phone away. Like get dinner and I'm like, okay, sorry. Yeah. I love you. you know? Yeah, I like that. And I'm glad that he communicates that to me because imagine if he didn't, he would just get so annoyed and want to punch me. Not that he would ever punch me. <laughs> Okay, so if I call you at 9 a.m. on any given day, what are you most likely doing? Having coffee. What is something people would be surprised to know about you? I'm really short. I'm 4'10". What? 4'10"? I know. That was my fun fact about being petite. That's why I was like, I have to wait to tell you guys. True petite. True petite. Yeah, and... Honestly, I must really like you guys because I normally lie and say for a lot. Well, I'm just over five foot, so I'm in that same vicinity as you. <laughs> but once you're under five feet, mm, it's a whole it's, That's real, yep. But yeah, I'm super petite. All the girls in my family are the same height. 
All right, you've unplugged. How do you decompress? Okay, so I shut off at night. Like, I'm even if I'm on a little bit, I'm not like, I don't have my computer open. I'll like binge watch a show. We'll go out to dinner. I'll have a glass of wine. I'll take, I'll go in the sauna. I'll take a bath. I'll read things like that that are just like a little more like just chilling out and like not doing anything. So I don't watch like crappy reality TV, but like, I'm definitely, I'm one of those that like, I'll binge watch old 90210 or like OC like once a year, <laughs> like the whole thing. Who are three people you love to follow on Instagram? Ooh, that's hard to pick three. Brene Brown, because she's amazing. Chrissy Teigen, because she's hilarious. Oh gosh, who else? I have so many. Oh my gosh. I want to pick a really good one. I really like following Will Smith. Have you do follow him? No. He's like funny and like, also, like, kind of motivational, kind of really into his Instagram. I have to check him out. Yeah, he's a, he has a good one. So excluding social media, what's your favorite app? Gosh, I'm like, let me open my phone. Well, I love Snapseed because I love editing photos. And obviously, like, as a photographer and a food photographer, that's, like, kind of my jam. But I guess that's still worky-wise. But I guess not because that's, like, a fun – like, I enjoy doing it. That's fun for me. You can apply to personal life, too, personal photos. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that. I'm trying to – I'm, like, looking. Oh, <laughs> this is such a dumb one. But I, I thought I would share it with if anyone has an Apple TV – I, this is like life changing yeah. for me. I got the Apple TV remote app on my phone. So instead of having to like use the Apple TV remote to type every little letter, I could just type it on my phone. Oh my gosh. I did not know that existed. It's like really life changing. So I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite app in the world, but it's pretty good. Super practical. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Talk about being on your phone or not being on your phone, but this is a good reason to. Okay, name the book you currently can't put down. Like self-helpy or just not? Anything, just, just a favorite book. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm not reading it right now, but like a book that I've read a bunch of times is like How to Win Friends and Influence People. That one. Classic. Um, classic. Yeah, it's a classic. So I've read that a few times, so I guess I consider that one I like I can't put down. I always love like for like fun reads, like Harlan Coben. He's a great author. I love reading his books. And, you know, if I'm like, if I know I want to read something just a little mindless, like kind of fun, uh, I know I can always re- pick up one of his like mysteries and get really get into it. But I have a lot of books I've been reading lately, just like for fun and not for like self-helpiness or like, you know, business related. What was the book I just, oh my gosh, I read so much. I might go, one of my goals this year was to like read more and I've just been reading so much. That's good because my goal this year is to, been re- to read more and I haven't been very successful at it. <laughs> Yeah, because I always go back to How to Win Friends and Influence People because I feel like some people look at that book as like, oh, it's like kind of like you're kind of like, not like cheating the system, but like I think it's more like, okay, how to like, okay, just like going a little further and reminding yourself to like be a little nicer, remember someone's name and just little things like that that I always just think are important reminders. So they're really good tips. Yeah, it's good stuff for life. Describe your perfect day. Oh, boy. On a weekend or a weekday? <laughs> Give us weekend. Okay, weekend. Okay, sleep in a drop. And by sleep in means like eight-ish. Have coffee, hang with my husband and my dog, maybe go on a walk, clean up the house a little. Oh my gosh, this sounds so boring and lame. Eat some good food, 
and maybe have dinner out with friends just kind of hang like I'm kind of I'm kind of a homebody but I also like love like to go out to dinner on the weekends and see friends and stuff like that but yeah you're cracking me up that you added clean my house a little bit (laughs) I feel that way too though I it's like it brings order to my brain and body or something to just clean and have a nice clean space well also when you work from home and like you just like need to be on top of it a little or else like you're like oh I can't work like right now I'm, I'm I'm with you guys and I'm looking at my kitchen island that has just like Halloween stuff I have to put away and I'm just like ah I have to do that you know so yeah work totally home, like having that order is just like really critical what's your beverage of choice in the a.m. and also the p.m. okay in the morning coffee and I put in collagen protein or collagen peptides in that which is just really good for like gut health and nail hair skin type of stuff and at night either like an herbal tea or I like the Four Sigmatic adapted, like adaptogenic mushroom teas are really good or just water. I'm not like a crazy beverage person. Like I don't do sparkling waters or things like that. I just, just kind of basic. Do you have a city that has you shedding a tear when you have to leave? Nashville. Oh, I love I Nashville. I love too. Nashville. <laughs> like, I love the food. I love that you like go into any little bar or whatever and like everyone could be like a famous artist I'm like you're so good and like my whole life all I wanted was to be a good singer and I'm horrible so I'm just like this place is amazing like, I just love the energy what's your current Netflix addiction oh well I just finished it last night what's that show it's the scary show the hauntings of hell house or whatever it's called oh I haven't watched it okay, if you like scary watch it if you don't watch it during the day because (laughs) but I just binged that really hard like I was up till two in the morning watching it it was bad oh snap true binge true true binge binge. what song do you currently have on repeat Ooh, let me pull up my Spotify real quick I've been really into country music lately so I have a country like Lexi's Clean Kitchen country playlist oh gosh what is it I'm trying to think of a really good one I don't have one that's like on repeat, but this whole playlist is on repeat and it's like... You should like post about this playlist. I'm all about a good playlist. Okay, okay. I'll send you guys my playlist. I have a good... I have like a standard one that's like basically 90s dance music and then I have my country one. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Do you have a favorite beauty product found in your bag at all times? My beauty counter... Lip Intense lipsticks. I love them. They are long-lasting. They're triple-tested for heavy metals. And the lip glosses, I love them. And they're just always in my bag. And same with the lip conditioner. Who would you love to have coffee with? I'm going to say Gary Vaynerchuk because I feel like I would leave coffee like either super inspired or feeling like I'm not doing enough. But I feel like I would like really enjoy his company. Do you live by a motto? Oh, I do. And I pulled it up to read it to you. It's my new one. Okay. It's a quote. So I'm going to read you the quote. Even if those two simple words have taken the fear out of life, replacing what if with even if is one of the most liberating exchanges we can ever make. So like if I'm like, what if this goes wrong or what if this happens and I change it to even if, it really changes my mindset. That is so good. I love that. Oh my gosh, I like, it's my thing. It's my new thing. Do you have a celebrity crush? 
Kourtney Kardashian because she's short like me and she's super cute and I feel like she's a really good mom and she's into like clean eating and like safer beauty and stuff. What is one food you would never eat? Olives. I hate olives. What meal would you choose as your last meal? Oh my gosh. That's so hard. Totally hard. (laughs) That's so hard. Okay, well, right now I'm in the mood for Mexican food, so maybe I would do like a huge Mexican feast. What's the best gift you've ever received? (gasps) Oh, can I pick two? Yes. Okay, one is super corny, but like marrying my husband because he's so grounding and I just don't know how I'd do it without him. But then the Mm -hmm. other one is years ago, my mom and brother chipped in and got me my first camera, like my good quality camera. And I definitely feel like that was like a game changer for what I was doing. And I'm so appreciative that they like would, it's like such a thoughtful gift that they would go and think like that. Yeah, that's, that is awesome. Both great, husband (laughs) and camera. (laughs) What's the best gift you've ever given? I love a good surprise party. Like I love to like surprise people and like give them a gift of like, Oh my gosh, like all their favorite people are together in a room. So I threw my my husband a surprise party a few years ago. And it was like, he had absolutely no idea. And it was totally a shock. And I just love that so much. What was the last thing you Googled? I was, I saw that question. I was thinking about that. I don't know. Probably like, how do I, how do I look in my Google search? It doesn't have to be Google. It can be anything oh, you looked oh, up. Oh, just the last thing I looked at. Oh, yeah. Okay. The last thing I looked at was Grubhub because I was like, I'm ordering lunch today, so I'm not cooking. <laughs> okay. One last question. What's the greatest life advice you've ever received? It's going to sound so simple, but in difficult times, it's like really helped me. And I was like, like, hello, duh. How did I not think of that? But my therapist, and I love therapy, and I wanted to shout that from the rooftops, said to me one day, he was like, just take it one day at a time. And I was like, okay, well, that's easy. Obviously, I know that. But then when I thought about it, I was like, I am not taking things one day at a time. I'm planning for the future. I'm thinking about this. I'm what a thing this. I'm like kind of that kind of person. Like, what's next? What's next? What's next? And it really like helped me focus and just be like, okay, well, I could do that, you know? You know what? That's so true. Like when you're in that panic of a time of suffering or hardship, your brain wants to think about like these huge worst case scenarios way down the line. And it's like, no, you can't. You don't even have the capacity for that right then. Just put one foot in front of the other and do that well as best you can in that moment. And that's probably just going to be enough. Yeah. (laughs) That's good advice. And our brain does that, right? Our brain like creates stories. And like sometimes I'll like, I'm like, I'll say something and I'm like, that is just ridiculous. Like, I don't even have children yet. Why is that even a thought? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's not it's logical. So, not really logical. so sometimes stepping back and being like, all right, I'm just going to be here, be present one day at a time. It really, it seems so simple, but it's changed the game. I love it. Okay, Lexi, it's been so great talking to you. I've really loved hearing your story. It's a common story I'm hearing over and over again, you know, people having jacked up health and taking it into their own hands and finding healing through food. But I, it never gets old. Like, I love hearing it. And I love that we're banding together and that you've just created such a beautiful resource in your blog and social media. Speaking of, tell everybody where they can find you online. 
Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so fun chatting with you. So Lexi's Clean Kitchen everywhere. I mean, if you, you can Google that, you can search it on Instagram or Facebook, Pinterest. If you search it, it will come up. But Pinterest and Twitter are Lexi's Clean Kitchen because of the character, <laughs> the amount of characters. <laughs> but with that said, I will give a little sneak peek, but that there are going to be some major awesome changes that everyone will love. They're good changes, but it's kind of scary business-wise, but things might be developing in the next number of months, but all good. That's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. Let's have you back on like in yeah, six let's months do it. and talk let's about do it. it. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Okay. Thanks so much, Lexi. We love Thank getting to know you. you. Thank you guys so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, Jade, so time for a little host-to-host chat. So Thanksgiving is next week. That's sort of, I guess, the big thing on the calendar right now. How has it even gotten here so fast? I mean, I, I feel like this year flying, flying by for me. Flying. I mean, we're looking at 2019 in two months. Like, what? I know. <laughs> Crazy. But let's stick to Thanksgiving because that's where we're at now. What are your plans for Thanksgiving, actually? Just tell me that. Well, my parents are coming in from Texas, and I'm in D.C., so... Kids will get to see their grandparents. And my dad hasn't been in this house we live in. So that'll be cool, I think, for the kids to have grandpa read them stories and put them to bed and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, my parents are visiting and we're just going to do Thanksgiving together. Nice. So what will you cook? Well, I'm definitely on the list for an organic, farm-fresh, farm-raised, super awesome turkey <laughs> from this little local farm-to-market place down the road. Love that. And then I really try to keep it mostly paleo and we're all sort of trying to watch our health. So I usually do like some kind of, well, last year I did shaved Brussels sprout salad with toasted hazelnuts, a lemon vinaigrette and shaved parm on top. And I think it might have been like my favorite dish of everything Mm. I made aside from the turkey. Mm. So we sort of skip the stuffing and then some sort of potato situation and a Maybe sweet potatoes. I don't know. All the classics. We all love pumpkin pie. So that's our go-to pie. And then I just do a grain-free crust and I'm into it. Do you love like decorating for the fall and like putting out like beautiful plates and a nice table setting? I do. Yeah. I've kind of collected a few nice things over the years. I think I, I like to keep it simple. I mean, I just get a couple of like the little tiny gourds or pumpkins and line them out with a few maybe candles or tea lights, a few flowers and... Yeah, I like to keep everything low. That's the thing I've been learning over the years. Like, keep it low so we're not all, like, looking past the flowers so we can see each other. <laughs> Julie has coming up, I think, on Thursday. Today's Tuesday, so depending on when you listen to this. Um, but this week on Thursday, a really cool, some content coming out on the website that is features tablescapes for Thanksgiving. Ooh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited Bring me inspiration. Okay, well, thanks everybody for listening. If you like the show, we'd love for you to head over to iTunes and give us a positive review. You can find us at wegettoknow.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and we're on social media at We Get to Know. Head over to Instagram. We'd love to hear from you and get your opinions on guests and show ideas. Our music is provided by the talented Blake Atwell of Studio 1916. Until next time, take care as we continue to get to know all of our favorite people. Hey, Tedra. Hey, Jade. So today we're chatting with Lexi Davidson from Lexi's Clean Kitchen. Her story as a recipe... <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 just